Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in Perfect Directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to talk about the San Francisco 49ers and their upcoming Week 2 NFL matchup against the New York Jets from a betting perspective. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at the game this year, but you can still have a lot of action at Bet Online. I know personally I'm going to be a bit upset that I can't visit any of the actual stadiums in itself for the next couple of months because of COVID, but I will be looking forward to watching games. There's nothing more exciting than watching games while you have money on and hopefully uh, you can make some money here at Bet Online based on the game spreads, team totals, player props, and even coaching props. Bet Online is everything, and they have a ton of options alongside an online casino, so action never stops. So once again, head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben Barrio Podcast and Believe Podcast Network. Now, uh, before the break, we talked about what we're going to be doing for this week as we are going to be talking about the Week 2 match between the 49ers and the Jets. Without further ado, we're going to dive right in and talk about it. Before we actually go through the actual line, etc., we're going to recap what happened in Week 1. On this podcast, I ended up giving out the Cardinals plus the points in the over, and we ended up going 1-1 one and one there. Wasn't surprised that the 49ers did not cover. I was kind of surprised they ended up losing the game, of course has ended up getting outscored 14-7 to in the fourth quarter, which turned the game. Uh, the under was, was the surprising factor to me. I know the 49ers were missing a ton of weapons, but I did think the 49ers were able to drive a lot uh, more easily against the Arizona defense, which was pretty underwhelming last year. But Arizona showed strides at the end of the 2019 season, and it appears that this defense might be a bit legit, so that's something to keep in mind. But we're going to break down the box score and uh, talk about where the 49ers can improve for Week 2. So first of all, Jimmy Garoppolo played pretty well with the exception of that missed throw on that fourth down late in the fourth quarter. But Garoppolo went 19-33 for 259 passing yards with two passing touchdowns and zero interceptions. However, the offensive line did not hold up too well as he was sacked three times. So the offensive line will have to do a better job in the future. And I expect him to do that in Week 2 as the Jets have one of the worst uh, defensive lines in the entire league. And they won't have to go against the likes of Chandler Jones, etc., who end up having a sack in that game. But looking at the actual 49ers, the running game was okay, but it was kind of interesting because it seemed like they abandoned the run. Uh, the 49ers ended up having 25 carries for 123 yards, zero rushing touchdowns. Nobody had more than four carries besides Raheem Mostert, who hit the ground running as the starter for 15 carries and 56 yards. However, Mostert did have a solid game in the receiving game as he ended up having four receptions for 95 yards, with the peak of that being a 76-yard touchdown reception, as that was one of the first plays on offense in the entire game. Kittle uh, was okay, four receptions for 44 yards, but he ended up getting injured, so he ended up missing a couple of snaps there. Uh, But look for his status for Week 2. I'll get into the injury report as I normally do in a little while, but Kittle is definitely on it. 
Other than that, though, nobody else really did anything. Kendrick Bourne was the main receiver, as he ended up having two receptions for 34 yards, mostly because of a war of attrition where there was just no other wide receivers healthy on the depth chart, and that's why Bourne was given uh, a tough assignment there uh, with either Patrick Peterson or whoever else was going to be guarding him. But it was really not a great matchup for Bourne, and he ended up having 34 receiving yards. But uh, the 49ers will be hoping that a couple more receivers will be returning into the fold, which should help take some pressure off of Bourne in the future. But talking about the defense, pretty underwhelming showing by the 49ers. They had two sacks against Kyler Murray, uh, and they ended up allowing Kyler Murray to complete 26 of 40 pass attempts for 230 yards, one touchdown, one pick, which doesn't sound that great. But Kyler Murray killed them on the ground as he had 13 carries for 91 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. Uh, Kenyon Drake was okay. He ended up having 16 carries for 60 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. So the Cardinals as a whole had 36 rushes for 180 yards and two rushing touchdowns, which is equivalent to five yards per carry as well. So the 49ers rush defense will have to get better in the future, which it should because they won't have to go up against one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the entire league for multiple weeks. Now, talking about the receiving core, though, for Arizona, DeAndre Hopkins absolutely torched the secondary as he had 14 receptions for 151 receiving yards in his debut with Arizona. So keep that in mind. But looking through everything else, uh, the 49ers defense was okay, giving up 24 points, but it blew a lead there late in the fourth, and that cannot happen. So look for the 49ers to be pretty motivated to get off to a good start here on the road against the Jets defensively, and we're going to see what happens there. But going through the actual lines, we're going to transition to the actual, um, you know, for the sake of the numbers and the spread. The 49ers open up as a 5.5-point favorite, currently up to 7, and the uh, total has gone from 43.5 to 42.5. So you have seen some money on the 49ers and some money on the under. But talking about the actual matchup for this week, the Jets, we're going to have to transition to... The 49ers ended up losing week one. They at least looked competent. The Jets looked completely lost uh, for the majority of their week one matchup on the road against Buffalo. They ended up entering the half down 21-3. to was really hideous. Uh, the Jets ended up struggling in pretty much every aspect. As Sam Darnold ended up completing 21 of 35 pass attempts for 215 passing yards. One touchdown, one interception. Got sacked three times. Had a quarterback rating of roughly 19. On the ground, the Jets did nothing. Frank Gore was the leading rusher with six carries, 24 rushing yards, 15 carries overall for 52 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown, which is equivalent to 3.5 yards per carry as well. So they couldn't get anything done through the air, couldn't get anything done on the ground. The only bright spot offensively was wide receiver Jamison Crowder, who ended up having seven receptions for 115 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. But he had the huge outlier of the 69-yard touchdown reception, which was a dump-off pass that he ended up taking to the crib. So some of those numbers might be a little bit inflated, but either or. Uh, definitely wasn't a great showing from the Jets offensively. And defensively, wasn't exactly much better as they ended up giving up 27 points to Buffalo. Josh Allen torched them for two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, and 369 uh, all-purpose yards with passing and rushing. And he ended up completing 33 of his 46 pass attempts. So, yeah, the Jets' defense looked a loss. They did sack him three times, did force a couple of fumbles. But that was mostly because Allen didn't really slide. He just accepted the contact and he ended up dropping the ball. So it could have looked worse, but the Jets ended up looking decently in the second half, and they ended up uh, outscoring the Bills 14-6 in the second half, but the Bills already called off all the dogs, and they just accepted uh, the victory, and they took their foot off the gas. Now, for the receiving core, the Jets did not look great uh, get, uh, defensively. Stephon Diggs had eight receptions for 86 receiving yards in his debut. 
John Brown had 70 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. Cole Beasley had 56 receiving at 58 receiving yards. Pretty, um, yeah, uh, it seemed like uh, Buffalo was able to spread the wealth around and the Jets really had no answers. And the Jets are going to be looking to do a better job in the future. It is worth mentioning that two of the sacks from the Jets did come from safety Marcus May. So they kind of just got no pressure from the defensive line as a whole. And the Jets had to resort to some exotic blitz packages in order to actually generate pressure. So keep that in mind. But time to switch gears and talk about the injury report for both teams here. Uh, the 49ers have a ton of injuries to deal with, which is not a good sign because they had a lot of injuries to deal with before the season even started. But according to people that did not practice going into Wednesday, uh, you had George Kittle who did not practice due to a knee injury. He probably won't practice all week, but there is still a chance he will play. He might be limited, but we shall see. Uh, cornerback Jason Verrett is, did not, is not practicing with a hamstring injury. Cornerback Akella Witherspoon is not practicing due to a concussion. And you also had Richard Sherman who was placed on IR. So the 49ers might be down three corners for week two, which is not great, but you have to also remember the Jets receiving core uh, leaves a lot to be desired. Either way, though, it's still not great to have a cluster injury in the secondary, and the 49ers will look to overcome that. Other than that, though, uh, the 49ers do have some positive news from the injury front, as they are likely going to be getting the professional debut of Brandon Ayuk, who ended up missing the first game of the regular season as he was the first-round draft pick in this past year's NFL draft. But he has been practicing in full, uh, and he was a full participant in Wednesday's practice and alongside center Ben Garland. So the offensive line should be getting a little bit better, and the wide receiver core could use a huge boost in Brandon Ayuk, who you don't know if it's going to take him a while to develop or not, but anybody who has game-breaking speed with the ability to win in one-on-one matchups on the outside definitely should help the 49ers, as their receiving core was a disaster in Week 1. So keep that in mind. Talking about the Jets, though, they also have a lot of injuries to talk about, as the Jets are dealing with a couple of injuries to... Uh, the offensive side of the ball, as Denzel Mims, their draft pick in the this past year's NFL draft, who did not play in Week 1, was officially placed on IR. So he's not going to be playing in this game. So the Jets' already thin wide receiver group is going to remain thin because they're not going to be getting Mims back in the fold. Other than that, though, the main injury to report for the Jets is running back Le'Veon Bell, who ended up suffering a hamstring injury, and he will not play in this game. He'll most likely not be playing uh, any time for the next couple of weeks as he was placed on IR. Uh, other than that, though, the Jets should also be without Blake Cashman on the defensive side of the ball, and he should be out for a couple of weeks as well with a groin injury. So that is something to keep in mind. So the Jets are dealing with a ton of injuries on both sides. Plus, the Jets still have a weekend defense after trading Jamal Adams for a couple draft picks and after their star linebacker C.J. Mosley opted out. So Cashman was supposed to take over uh, as the linebacker for Mosley. But Cashman's now injured, and he will be out. So the Jets' linebacking core is a mess, which is not a good sign if Kittle ends up playing. The receiving core is a mess. Uh, the defensive line's not very good. The secondary's not very good. Truth is, I don't really know what the Jets do well. And with Adam Gase leading the way, I don't think that instills much confidence in Jets fans for this upcoming week against the 49ers. I don't want to say that this is must-win territory for the 49ers, but uh, you've seen all the stats. If a team starts 0-2, their odds of making the playoffs plummet. So I do think the 49ers will come out with a lot of motivation. They can't afford to, look, to overlook their opponent after losing week one. So I do think the 49ers should end up taking care of business. But for the actual breakdown from a spread and a totals perspective, once again, the 49ers are currently the seven-point favorites, and the over-under is at 42.5. I like the 49ers minus seven, and I also like the under 
42 and a half. A couple reasons why I feel that way. First of all, the Jets uh, are just not a good team. Uh, they acknowledge indirectly that they were going to be tanking once they traded their best uh, defensive back for a bunch of draft picks and once mostly opted out. I feel like Gase should get fired midseason. They looked completely unprepared for week one, and I don't think a trip uh, back home to face Kyle Shanahan is going to do anything to fix that. Uh, but the Jets look lost. The 49ers struggled a little bit, but they also had a bunch of injuries. And the Cardinals might actually be a really good football team. So even though they ended up losing at home, which is not ideal because they were winning late in the game, Arizona could be legit, and that loss could look a lot better as the season progresses. But the Jets got embarrassed by Buffalo. Buffalo is a good team, but the 49ers at least came to play. The Jets just didn't show up, and I think the Jets will get manhandled on both sides of the ball in the trenches, especially with the offensive and defensive lines of the 49ers in comparison. The Jets revamped their offensive line, didn't really help. Darnold still got sacked numerous times, three times to be exact, and I don't really think that they did anything worth worth noting because the Jets also averaged 3.5 yards per carry. So the, the new offensive line couldn't uh, lead to establishing the run and couldn't protect the quarterback, and that is an issue against the 49ers, who have a phenomenal defensive line and a very good offensive line, and that's something to keep in mind for this matchup. So for that reason, and the 49ers should win this game by double digits. I think they'll win this game by around 10 to 14, give or take. And for the total, I'm going to go to the under because the Jets, I just don't see how they're going to manufacture enough points here. Uh, their weapons are uh, very, very limited, especially with Bell out, who's a good receiving back, also a good runner. And now you're going to give it to Frank Gore 15 times a game, who is uh, in his late 30s, not exactly a recipe for success. Uh, you have Herndon is a decent tight end, but the 49ers have a very good linebacking core. Uh, the issue here is if you're going to go with the over, you're pretty much expecting the 49ers to do all the heavy lifting because I'm not sure the Jets can score more than 10 points in this game. For the sake of the score in this matchup, I'm going to take the 49ers to win by the score of 24-10. to 10. I think it'll be a pretty easy win. I think the 49ers could score more points. But at the end of the day, the 49ers still want to establish the run, and that tends to eat up a decent amount of clock. The Jets' offense should do pretty much nothing for this game. I do know that there, the issues with the secondary and the health for that revolving the 49ers aren't great, but at the end of the day, the Jets don't have any serious weapons, and Jameson Crowder's been having a great game for the dump-off pass he took to the crib, and he's still a slot receiver. So the Jets don't really have many primary guys on the outside. They have Perriman, who's okay, did absolutely nothing in Week 1, but there is a chance there that maybe they can get a big play, but I don't trust the Jets' sustaining drive. So I think the 49ers will win by the score of 24-10, to 10, which means I like the 49ers minus 7, and I also like the under 42 and a half for Sunday's game. But before we wrap up, we're going to be looking at a couple of trends here to support uh, my theory on why the 49ers will win. And these trends are are um, courtesy of uh, Covers.com. So once again, we're going to start out with some trends here talking about the 49ers in this matchup. And the first one we're going to be talking about is the fact that the 49ers are 5-1-1 uh, against the spread in their last seven games after accumulating more than 350 total yards in their previous game. The road team is 4-1 against the spread in the last five meetings. And as for the Jets, really not many great trends. The Jets are 1-6 against the spread in their last seven games in September. So for those reasons, I think the 49ers should get the job done. I think the 49ers should be able to get back on track and go into Week 3 with a 1-1 one one record. Other than that, that's been this installment of Ben Barry Podcast here for Thursday, September 17th with Believe.com. Good luck to all of you and your respective best today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.